subject to this in Ace Attorney Fancast. I'm... Wait, actually, after 100 episodes, do I say I'm Stephanie and then the thing? I say the thing, then I'm Stephanie, right? <laughs> I'm Yeah, you usually do I'm Stephanie and then the nickname, and oh, that only changes sometimes. Okay. <laughs> this is Subject to This, a nice attorney fan cast. I'm Stephanie, trading my grape juice for my prune juice. I'm Michelle, firing birdseed at you at a thousand miles an hour. Michelle? What? Happy birthday! Happy birthday to the podcast! To the podcast! And the we've podcast done this... is eight years old and a hundred years old today. <laughs> big, big mood on the hundred, not the eight. But we, we've we done it for so long that this is really insane. It It is, yeah. Uh, but it, before we get all to that, I also, Michelle. What? Stephanie. We don't have news news, but we do have an Object to This exclusive. Would you like to hear it? I would. It seems so important to me. It is, should be important to all of our listeners. It's an exclusive with uh, a get him or bust, Sam Regal. Oh my god, I can't believe it, Stephanie. You got Sam Regal. Why don't you give it a listen? Go to the drive. There's so many emails. There's so many happy birthday emails. Alright, I see you right here. Sam Regal interview. If you've got the hots for her, take my advice. Uh, he said, it. Sam. Let's just say she's what you might call beyond eccentric. Sam. You ever hear the quad scribbles Sam, incident? Uh... Oh, hi. <laughs> Didn't see you there. Hey, remember you and me talk a few minutes, a little bit. Um. <laughs> it it, it kind of sounds like you forgot there, Sam. Don't worry, we'll, we'll make this really quick. I know you're a really busy guy, and this is... This is more than plenty of time. Uh, let's just get into it. Who are you? Like, I need to ask that. And honestly, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm Sam Eagle, and I play Phoenix Wright in Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Spirit of Justice. Uh, <clears throat> let's keep it serious. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. Welcome. Uh, I'm doing this fireside chat tonight because of you. And your support of a fine organization. Well, I don't know if I'd call the objective of this podcast an organization, but we really do appreciate all of our listeners. You did such a great job that uh, you earned this. <laughs> this, whatever this is right now, you earned this. I mean, I would call it kind of an interview, but uh, yeah. So let's get into it, shall we? Um yeah, uh, well, let's just start with, yeah, you are the voice of Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Uh, how do you feel about Phoenix as a character? You know, what what kind of uh, connection do you feel that you've voiced him for at least a couple of games now? Hmm, a little bit of a thinker there. I got it! I got it! Oh, okay, you got it. <laughs> uh, lots of depth, and he can be emotional sometimes, and mean sometimes, and also kind of funny and dumb, and... You know, he's a well-rounded character, and I, I, it's more fun to play characters that aren't just one-note characters, so. I think that's interesting, because we, we do see that Phoenix, a lot of times, or at least we've, we've thought about a lot, is that he doesn't have a lot of chance to grow, especially in this newest series, but I do see that, like, you know, he is dumb, he is funny, he is kind of like our vessel through, but he's still his own character, so I see where you're going. Really appreciate it. But, like, what about Phoenix's appearance? Like, do you jive with it? You know, you don't want to walk into court 
and just be in a gray suit that you got from you know off the rack somewhere or at, at a Goodwill. No, you want you want to make a statement. You want people to look at you, especially if you're going to stand up and yell, hold it, and injection <laughs> a bunch. So yeah, yeah. His suit is fantastic. I, I don't know that I could pull that off. Oh come he does on. Have nice shoulder pads. I could pull those off maybe. But, um, <laughs> okay, okay. But no, his whole ensemble's great. I mean, uh, the hair suit. Uh, he owns it. He works it. Yeah, I totally think you you would work that, and I think Phoenix. Phoenix loves his suit. Even when he adds a little bit of vest, he still keeps his keeps, keeps his brand with the blue suit. Um, I noticed that you're not voicing Phoenix in the anime, though. Uh, but you are voicing Furio Tigre. How does how does that feel? Do you feel a certain connection to him? Well, I I like uh, because he likes uh, you know messing messing stuff up and and breaking things, mm-hmm. and he has sort of like a primal rage to him. Sure. Um, so I dig that about him. Just uh, every once in a while, you want to just punch a wall or something, and you know we all feel like that from time to time. Punching things is totally relatable, and well, he has a third nipple. Oh. Okay, is that for Phoenix or is that for Furio? Um, that's all I'll say about that. Okay, we're just going to move past that. Uh, I saw a, a, a question fly by. Has the wine been aerated? Uh, d- question fly by. Of course the wine has been aerated. Wine is not meant to be drunk unless it's had time to breathe, to let the, the flavors percolate, to get, to get uh, the nose going. Um, and, of course, I aerated uh, both bo- bottles of wine that I brought tonight. Um, I started with a, a lovely blend, and then I might move on to a nice Cabernet later. Oh, uh, I didn't realize you knew so much about wine, Sam. Uh, you and Lyles must have a lot in common here. Uh, do you feel, as the voice of Phoenix right? do you have some advice that you would give to Miles? My advice to him would be, uh, lighten up, dude. Um, we're all in this crazy thing together so why not just chillax and throw one back and <laughs> just just relax every once in a while and uh, everything's not so serious sam that was really touching um actually right now michelle and i are doing a uh, playthrough on twitch of investigations too not that i'm asking you to come watch us please don't <laughs> um but it sounds like it sounds like something right up your alley with all this wine stuff have you uh do you have a good Miles impersonation for us? Oh, thank the spirits. They're just regular dead people. I mean, you know what I mean. Oh, that's a much deeper voice than I would have given him. But uh, Miles isn't the one really who has a huge connection with uh, the spirit channeling stuff. That would be closer to Phoenix. <laughs> Oh, that is certainly a different take. I didn't know you spoke Japanese. <laughs> Uh, mind translating that for me? Well, he has a third nipple. <laughs> God damn it, Sam! I didn't do it! I'm innocent! Objection! Sam, you can't pull that stuff. It's a one-on-one interview. The perfect objection has to be loud. Uh, it has to be robust. It has to be kind of high-pitched because, uh, you know, well, well, sure. Phoenix is a youthful guy and uh, youthful energy and, and, uh, um, and hope and spirit. Um, oh, but sure. most importantly, it just has to kind of be loud, like so loud <laughs> that someone listening with headphones might just be like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, that's how you do a good objection. Well, it comes from the gut and the soul. Sorry that I gave a lackluster performance there, Sam. <laughs> but thank you so much for all your time. I told you I keep this quick. I'm just going to wrap it up here. Um, if there's any more 
tips or tidbits or anything else you want to say to our fans? Um... In battle, it's not a question of guilty or not guilty. All right, there you have it. You heard it here from Sam Regal. And with that, just remember to practice your... Objection! 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 Now you do it better. <laughs> okay, we d- well, we did it. We the, the, we the podcast is over. There's nothing else to live for, quite frankly. Michelle, I'm just so sorry I had to get Sam without you. I I it's a real tragedy, honestly. Um I can think of no greater shame in my entire life than not being involved in that situation. Um where'd you get all that audio? By which I mean, how did you land an exclusive interview with Sam Rigo? <laughs> You know what? I just, like, I caught Sam at the right moment, at the right time, on a very easily accessible platform. Was it at, like, a wine tasting? (laughs) It was in his house. He was on a phone call. He had wine with with him. I, uh... I also did not come in through the front door if you wanted to know how I got into Sam Regal's house. I signed an NDA as I tried to leave, so I couldn't tell you what his house looked like, but he was a real nice guy. I mean, he sounds like it. Uh, it sounds... It was incredible. Uh, 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 the perfect thing for our 108-year birthday. <laughs> I I have some questions <laughs> vis-a-vis third nipples. Um, he wouldn't explain. I didn't want him to explain, but he just kind of gave me a, a you-know look. Is that the badge, though? <laughs> oh, maybe that's Is what the he badge meant. the third nipple? Because Phoenix has one and Furio Tigre has one. Well, maybe Furio Tigre also has a fake third nipple. You know, it's unclear. Maybe if I ever catch Sam again, I'll ask him. Yeah, next next time, just 100 more episodes until we get another exclusive interview. Can't say that interview came cheap. It came at a price. But I did it because our fans deserved it. Our fans yeah. are loyal, and they earned every second that Sam had to offer for us. You know, I feel that deeply in my heart. I, <laughs> I do. Um. <laughs> so what are we doing today? Uh, I feel as if we've been doing the same thing every day for the last 170 years. Yeah. Talking about bullshit. (laughs) Living our bullshit. Uh, Well, so as we said, uh, no news. I forgot to say at the top of the show, did you hear that sweet, sweet, smooth, smooth jazz? Well, that was a birthday present for us from RD002. It was a beautiful birthday present. It was. So you heard a snip of it at the beginning. You'll hear the rest of it at the end. It was... So nice. Uh, Now, I did read everybody's emails who sent us a happy birthday email, and I can't go through all of them because some of them are just so gushy, and I've I've had to stop myself from crying multiple times. You guys are Cry all- Cry on the podcast. <laughs> you guys are all way too nice. So I'm going to give you guys some snippets, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, we'll, but a lot of these uh, emails also contained late homework. They also contained a little bit of Carmen Sandiego, which is- uh, definitely we're gonna get to talk about this episode and um and then we have some news about our investigations to stream and how's it going how can you if you missed it how can you watch it and all that jazz uh so do you want to start with emails michelle yeah that sounds good let's start with uh with 
uh, everybody's nice 100 birthday emails and then we'll stop uh, talking about ourselves and talking about the trial of Carmen San Diego after that. It's gonna be good. All right, we'll start to RD002 who did this, who got this beautiful jazzy cover of Detective Detective Gummy's theme. I'm floored. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Artie also was able, like, was going to do the sax part herself, but, uh, but microphone broke, so had a friend do it. So that's not even like a like clipping it's live cover. saxophone. Oh, so good. Uh, Artie eventually will get it up on their YouTube channel. Uh, but it's a tribute, and we've given us full permission to use it, and it's honestly move, moving. And everybody who's been stressed with college, online, the world, and says like, you know, we're here, like us being here and our, and our bullshit has helped them is just is more than I feel like we deserve. But yes, safe and love y'all. Also, Artie. Um, we also got an email from J- Jenny from the email, uh, just wanted to say congrats for the hundred episodes, you know, how many more it takes for another, another Ace Attorney game. <laughs> uh, uh, the OG Mask the Mask has popped in for the streams, I believe also, mm-hmm. uh, which thank you for coming. Uh, it's, it's been a treat and a joy. Um, but you know, it's one of those, uh, things where you fall off, you come back to us, and that's totally fine. That's what we're here for. That's uh, how podcasts work. <laughs> also also how I consume podcasts. Uh, OG Master Mask was going to write us an email, uh, but could only think of writing us a eulogy. And I would like to read this <laughs> eulogy if you would be... Please, please, upon our deaths, please read this. Um, and also right now, because we're dead uh, since since the drought, anyway. Since the drought, yeah. Here lies the grave of Stephanie Michelle, dead via dehydration because of the drought. I guess Jessie will have to run the entire podcast herself now. God help us all. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. It's beautiful. It's perfect also. Yes. Uh, Jessie, uh, just cause of, because I can't see her, she can't share a microphone with either of us, uh, so she can't be on the episode, but she loves you guys also. She'll be back as soon as she can be, and, and maybe as soon as she gets some better internet, because that's the that's real reason. Also, also. untenable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's tried to pop it on the stream a few times, uh, but it, just just rough internet life. Some of y'all definitely know that. Um, thank you for that touching eulogy. Thank honestly. you for that touching eulogy, uh, and thank you for the suggestions of things we can talk about in the future because we still need those things. Oh God, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> put that in the pocket. Put that in our pocket, and. Uh, Rosina, long time no email, but here we are, and she didn't want to let this birthday pass without feeling sad, so here she is. We've been her podcast of choice for the last seven years, which is really, oh really God. weird to think about, but lo and behold. <laughs> um, and then she has a suggestion for us, continuing the uh, games we can play through the drought, uh, but also has been... Um, very excited for our AAI2 streams. So thank you. Thank you so much for showing up and coming. Yes, thank you. And also, like, thank you for being with us. I mean, we every every Christmas really is when <laughs> this happens, is when we get too busy to have a real episode. We always talk about how important it is, like how important it is that you guys are here and that basically we're doing this for you guys. And I know there are not, you know, there's maybe... A hundred of you tops, probably more like 25. Um, but we, you know, we do this for us and we do this for you and we don't do this to make money. Lord, <laughs> we don't do this to make money. We never have. It never will. No. But it's been so fun getting to know people from all around the world doing this dumb podcast about dumb video game about lawyers. 
and I, it's just been a treat. It's, it's every every month we come up to it and we just get sit down in front of our mics and we're like, all right, let's do this. And like the next hour still passes by in a haze and it's well, never. <laughs> you say that, Stephanie, that we get, sit down in our mics and then an hour later we have a podcast. But really, we sit down in our mics and 25 minutes later we go, <laughs> OK, we've come up with the nicknames. <laughs> You're right. And then an hour passes. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Stupid nicknames. <laughs> but hey, we're dedicated to those nicknames. There's just a reason we don't have them on the streams because it's too long. Because it's too long. Uh, all right. Well, do you remember Abby Justice? I remember Abby Justice. Abby Justice has been li- listening since 2013. So when Holy when she was shit. 12 or 13 years old. Oh, you're you've been listening to my bullshit longer than I've had a law degree. Congratulations, everyone. Yep. Uh and Abby binged the last forty episodes to catch up and it's like Oof. well I'm like, oh oh, because I had a binge about twenty to catch up because I re-listened to and uh that's a that's dedication and I'm glad you were happy with your choices. <laughs> I just want you all out there in podcast land to know also that that like Abby Justice binging the last 40 episodes is one thing. Stephanie in her life going to work and being on the train binging herself? <laughs> That's a thing. It is That's really... a thing that happened. Well, sometimes I miss you, Michelle, and this is like, it makes me feel like I'm talking to you. Oh, well, thanks. And then Jesse shows up and I'm like, fucking Jesse. <laughs> Jesse is a, is a beautiful, wonderful, wholesome addition to our podcast whenever <laughs> she's available to do so. I kid, I kid, I tease. <laughs> Abby's also been coming to the stream, so thank you, thank you, thank you, yes, and thank, thank you for you. the late homework uh, and a, a, a suggestion for us to listen to something else. Uh, so definitely, thank you. Uh, Ross Murphy popped up, new listener, has been listening since episode eighty-seven, and Hell really yeah, likes it. Ross. Thanks for jumping on in this drought season because it's yeah. been rough content, but it's also been just like. Like man, you 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 took a gamble, and here you are. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because we have a lot of in podcast lore. I feel maybe we don't talk about it. We forget Not about so it. Not so much but... anymore. There was a time when it was all just in case all the time, but nowadays uh, it's really just us being like desperate to answer homework. <laughs> it's true. Uh, just in case now lives in my Persona Five Royale um, file. Thank you, Mop Up, for giving me the name. <laughs> beautiful i wonder if in in persona 5 you can get a part-time job working for a judge like like our Uh, lore just in case oh man i did name my uh my persona thief team um writing co because it did fit nice uh so so thank you all Uh, speaking of mop up it's your boy mop up wishing y'all a happy and enjoyable episode it's the 100 so it's map up oh you're right you gotta do it do it the right way all right i'm sorry you're right i've been lazy it's your boy mop Wishing y'all a happy hundred and enjoyable episode of Object to This. Uh, Mobob's just here for the ride. Thanks us so much for Barbio. Has some late homework. <laughs> I knew I knew as we were doing Barbio that Barbio was going to be exactly for one person only, and it was Mopop. <laughs> and Mopop has uh, also provided our, our Carmen homework, which is going to be great. Great. Uh, so thank you so much, my boy. Uh, we also got an email, a lovely, lovely long email from Jams. Jams uh, congratulates us. It's a milestone and a half. 
you know, 100 episodes of content, 100 episodes of dissection, 100 episodes of wanting merch of Manfred von Karma. <laughs> Isn't that singing? the truth, though? As I stare at, <laughs> if I sit in my room staring at my fan poster of the, uh, of Phoenix, Apollo, and Athena, like, this, I, my shit would be covered in merch if they sold it, but they don't. You have, like, the one with the Wiimotes in their hands, right? I have I have that one with it's like a silk screen of um Phoenix and Maya and Franzi and Edgy and they're all objecting but with Wiimotes. But the one I'm looking at is a fan one that is it's Apollo Phoenix and uh Athena and it's done in the style of see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. So shit. Apollo's like eyes are are crossed out with red and Phoenix's mouth is crossed out with red and Athena's ears are crossed out with red. It's very good. I've seen this poster. It's a good poster. See, look at that. Like, hear that clutch fan art. And then you also said, I have a silk screen of them using Wiimotes to object, which is official art, which is like, it come is. on, Capcom. <laughs> Listen to my options. Which poster am I going to buy? Yeah. I mean, like, the this sick-ass fan poster or like, everyone has Wiimotes. <laughs> which now the Switch exists, so Wiimotes are outdated, right? Right. Uh, you mean the Switch. Yeah, sorry, the switch. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, 100 episodes of Manfred von Karma singing, 100 episodes of providing more content than Capcom themselves, which, thank you. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there's some rough analytics here, which I found very endearing and enjoyable. Uh, but in those episodes, 5,577 Tumblr posts, 153 badge <laughs> ballads, 28 Instagram posts. I think I only actually ever did two, but okay. Those two are so powerful that they equal 28 <laughs> 14 plausible versus anime, 35 cases discussed, 47 anime episodes, 5 Ace Attorney games released, and countless times uh, by listening in class and distracting people by laughing way too much in the last 8 years. Amazing. Thank you so much. So good. Absolutely thank you. You know, I, I Jam's James, you're just gushing at it. Uh, I, I need to read this recap here because I forgot and I almost died reading this. One of James's favorite bits from the object to this is the butt limpics. Like how some people get a song stuck in their head. James literally has this episode stuck in their head. Sometimes James hears my voice, my voice, Stephanie going, I looked at all the booties. Or in the middle picture, you can see the gentle arc of his posterior looking oh so fine. So that's amazing. And I'm glad that somebody in the world enjoyed butt limpics. Although I don't know if I could even call that enjoyment so much as like, uh, uh, a mind mimetic disease. <laughs> but I don't know. So, like, I don't know if this is a normal thing or just some people get this. But sometimes when I hear something, I I visualize where I was or what I was doing when I heard it. I think I've, I've told you this before. Um, so, but, like, so if I hear a podcast and I like re-listen to it later and the first time I heard it I was like doing laundry or something then the next time I hear it I picture the room and the folding of the laundry right yeah so but Olympics gives me like the extreme it's I know exactly where I was at when we recorded it and that was one of the remote episodes and I was in my dad's house facing a bunch of bookshelves <laughs> in this in his room that is it's 
we call it the green room because it has a floral green floor and floral green walls. And he used to have a corn stove in there. So I remember I was sitting on an ottoman in the green room facing book bookcases, just literally dying, <laughs> wishing that we could do anything else but talk about butts. Wait, no, but no, you wanted to talk about butts so bad. <laughs> We had, I think we were a little low on content, and I had nothing else, and I was just, I just picked a topic, and I stuck to my guns. You sure did, and and you, it's, I wanted, I allowed it, because I wanted an excuse to talk about that Miles Edgeworth figurine with, with the butt crevice. So it's really your fault, you started it. I shouldn't have allowed it, you're right, but you know, I could, I can just see, I can see the bookcase, I can feel my face at 120 degrees of embarrassment and wanting to die. I feel like the Butt Olympics is very much like connected in my mind to Phoenix's kissable lips because of the figurines. <laughs> the figurines have plagued us, honestly. They have. And I'm glad no one has purchased me one because honestly, <laughs> I have friends who are like, you like this thing, so here's something. Like, I, Stephanie, like Ace Attorney, I, Stephanie, don't collect figurines. I don't want that hobby. I'm surprised I don't own more figurines because I don't want that hobby so badly. Yeah. Thank God our friends are broke is really all, <laughs> is all that says to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, and Jams two years ago did rate and review us on iTunes and pasted that back in here, baby. And it was super sweet, super nice. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. Everybody who's also ready to review us or just like told a friend. Yeah. And at this point, we can't track that anymore because the service I was using to track it went full paid and I'm not doing that. So they, if you have reviewed us lately, thank you. We love it. Uh, we have gotten people in their emails saying thank you for being on Stitcher and Spotify. It's easier for them to find us. And uh, I'm sorry Good. we didn't do that sooner. Yeah. And that was really just a discovery of what um, our new host can do like um podbean like the the switch to podbean has been nothing but a joy and a delight so if if you guys out there are listening and there's anything like that that we can do to make it more accessible please let us know like it's not gonna be annoying just shoot us an email we love it absolutely um those are like the highlights of the thank yous if you also send us an email or a tumblr i and i didn't read it you know just just know i did read it and it's i'm just over the moon trying not to be too teary-eyed and there's a lot of good juice in here so we're gonna save all your late homework assignments all of your suggestions for things we can do during the drought uh but in the meantime uh let's talk about carmen san diego yeah in the meantime we have very important homework which is who is prosecuting the trial of miss carmen san diego uh mop up has provided us a scene set if you would if you would be so uh willing to indulge oh yes where in the courtroom is Carmen San Diego. Picture it. <laughs> Japanifornia, 20XX. Athena and Trucy are at the right anything agency, where a pair of siblings come by to say they need they need help. The agents, Ivy and Zach, flash flash their badge, showing that they are AC AC or the Acme agents, sorry. This is notepad, it's hard to read, there's no spaces. Yeah, Acme uh, was the original game the oh, organization yeah. Yeah. that you worked for. They're Acme agents, and they need they need someone to defend the world from the famous thief Carmen San Diego, who was caught and arrested for murder. While they're glad she got caught, they know she'd never actually kill someone while stealing various world famous objects and landmarks. Even though Athena and Trucy accept with extreme enthusiasm, Carmen won't tell them 
anything concrete in the detention center, only telling them clues about where about where to find what really happened. So Athena and Trucy would travel around the world, find all her stolen goods and evidence for trials, running into Apollo and Co. in Quran, Shilongling in Zhangfei, and Machi in Borgania while investigating to find her obscure clues in these places. After earning enough travel miles to give themselves another vacation, <laughs> then go to trial and prove that Carmen is innocent because it was a completely different part of the world at the time of the murder. She reasoned... The reason she was framed was because she actually, she uh, because the actual murder murderer wanted revenge for being caught by Acme. That the one time and plan to take out Carmen when she successfully escaped without them, as this not guilty verdict is announced, she disappears again in the shower on confetti. So that was A the whole beautiful. Thing. But I love every scene setting part, and I'm sorry I read that poorly. <laughs> I didn't even think of the possibility of Carmen Sandiego on trial for murder. I thought of it as Carmen Sandiego on trial for stealing art. <laughs> stealing art is normally what she probably gets caught for, but uh, this is attorney, baby. We got we got to have it it's, on murder. This is true. I don't even know why I didn't think of that. So that's all I'm saying. But like that was fantastic. And and in the middle of that, I was like, damn, I would play this game. Actually, hang on, I, I would play this game. This is great. Um, and for people, some people were like, I don't know much about Carmen Sandiego. There isn't a whole lot to her. She is a sexy woman who wears a red, like a wide brim red fedora and a red trench coat and steals high profile landmarks and art and gets away with it. And in her games, you're trying to solve geography puzzles or the one I played was geography based. So you're trying to yeah, do geography she's... puzzles and find what she stole and catch her. Is it called edutainment? Edutainment? I don't know. It's uh, she comes from educational video games originally, uh, yeah. and then they made a TV show about her, uh, and then they made another TV show about her, which I did not see. But I grew up watching. And this is a lot of you are younger than us, um, but I grew up watching the Carmen Sandiego TV show from the nineties. I'm sure. I think it was actually made in the eighties, like late eighties. But I think the game came out in the late eighties. But oh, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe it was. They pumped shit out really fast back then. Um, but uh, yeah, there's it, loosely there's some some lore like how the the people who hunt her down are the Acme Corporation and how she works for a community of villains called Vile. Um, but. Uh, functionally she is like a where's waldo character right where there's no secret backstory to where's waldo uh it's just carmen san diego and she's a gentle lady thief and that's all you need to know really which speaking speaking of waldo um jenny from the email uh said obvious choice to prosecute the carmen san diego case is wally slash waldo from where's wally this is, I agree. Um, and I thought of this because I was like, the obvious is, where's Waldo? Wally, Waldo. Um, but, and then I went for different options. But like, yes, of course, uh, that would be very good. It would be. Uh, um, the, the twist that Jenny puts on it is that Waldo keeps also disappearing. So Phoenix can't <laughs> find his client or the prosecutor. That's pretty good. Throughout the cases, which I think is great. But obviously Waldo is hiding in plain sight. You just literally can't see him. Right. Because that's his whole deal. He's so normal looking. Yeah, he's just like, I'm right here. Um, I believe somebody else uh, who was... Oh, OG Master Mask said Franzi would be a good choice for a prosecutor. Just because Franzi uh, would probably also be fed up with all this shit. Franzi also does the Interpol shit. So I think it would also work if you did Franzi. If you want just to bring back a old ace attorney. 
fave. Fran- Franzi's actually at the top of my list as like if I had to choose an Ace Attorney person to do it, Franzi is it because that would be a good like Franzi has been working with Interpol and her main case that she's been working this whole time is the illustrious Steve Carmen San Diego. Oh yeah. But um I have some options that are not not Ace Attorney. What do but what do other people have? Anything else? Uh, Jams also said, where's Waldo as the obvious choice? But that was, that was about it, which is plenty. Yeah, I think Waldo, Waldo is solid and I would still play that game. Um, Uh, what did, what did you bring to the table, Michelle? I have two and these two are two very different approaches with how the case will go. So keep that in mind. All right. So my first one is Laura Croft, the Tomb Raider. (laughs) Okay. Here's why. Because I will, in this case, if Laura Cross is the prosecutor and you're defending Carmen Sandiego, either for murder or for stealing art, what I want is there's been some controversy fairly recently about how, like, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, is actually bad, maybe, because she's raiding tombs, you know, like, cultural artifacts and stuff. And so I would want this case to go where, like, Carmen Sandiego gets into Laura Croft's head and does, like, a Batman Joker, we're the same, you and I. Like I like sort of this. <laughs> and so by the end of it, you get her off, but you've ruined Laura Croft's life because she's like, shit, is it actually bad? Like, is stealing from tombs actually the same as stealing the Great Pyramid of Giza? That's fucked. That is fucked. I mean, if you wanted to add an extra character to this level, we could put Indiana Jones in there, too. That's true. Laura Croft could be, like, control-alt-removed and put in with any... Like, Indi- Indiana Jones, same thing, right? Oh, like, no, no. I want Laura to be it, but I want, like, Indy to be her boss or something. Like, just get, like, yeah. another cameo in there. Yeah, Indiana Jones. It could also be... Honestly, Professor Layton, it would be a similar vibe where it's like, <laughs> Layton, you're an archaeologist. Stop fucking with stuff so much, you know? Yeah. But Laura Croft... I don't think Layden, Layden, does Layden actually fuck with stuff, or does he just entirely ruin sleeping robot cities? We never see him fuck with stuff on screen, I'll give you that. Um, I, not as much as, like, Laura Croft, who literally steals things. And shoots the fuck out of everything, from yeah, my understanding. Yeah. Uh, I'm very into that. What was your other direction? So my other one is Arsène Lupin Third from... So Lupin the Third from like the Castle of Cagliostro, and he's he's got his own manga and many animes where he's basically the descendant of um, Arsène Lupin, famous gentleman thief, and he's renowned for going in and stealing stuff that nobody else can steal. Um, so my my thinking there is that Carmen Sandiego has been caught, and uh, Arsène Lupin the Third comes in respected. Uh, in the thief, like, these are both very respected people in the thief community, and he comes in under the guise of a prosecutor in order to fail the trial and get her off because it's, like, sort of a tit-for-tat, like, you help me, I help you situation, so that Carmen Sandiego owes him a favor. Oh my god, that's also amazing. Oh, that's (laughs) really good. I do like this, like, like, it's kind of the Bobby Fulbright, like, oh, I'm actually not who I I see see yet seem to be but like i like this like i'm actually not i would never pretend to be a prosecutor i'm just loop on the third <laughs> disguised yeah. as miles edgeworth or whoever um get you off and uh i feel like i'm trying to feel if we can still get laura croft to be involved <laughs> you want loop on the third and laura croft to prosecute 
Uh, no, I want Laura Croft to be involved, but maybe not the prosecutor in this in this version. But I think Lupin the Third is really I I really like the cunningness of that angle of prosecutor because we we usually have like bad prosecutors like right you know like I'm gonna write you you know you're gonna lie for me so we can get you off or we can prosecute you you know we can get the real murderer kind of deal. But in this case, it's Lupin trying to get her off, but also kind of like Lupin's all about the layers. So he's trying to double trick her, right? He's like, right. oh, we'll get you off. But he's really going to get her arrested in the end. But then she's Carmen Sandiego, so she's got to get away. Yeah. Um, uh, or, I mean, even it could be Lupin the Third. Um, like, he's in there um, trying to get, like, he got her. He's going to try and get her arrested and so that he can steal what she has stolen. And by the end of it, like, oh. she's proven innocent in simply because Lupin has has stolen what she stole and that then gets away with it. All right. Let's try to actually make a whole anime versus plausible situation. Top to, like, start case to end case with this, what Mopop has given us, and we'll try to figure out a place to put Waldo since he was a couple. He's kind of got to show up, right? He's a, yeah, he's got to. Here's, here's, like, I think what we can use Laura for. Um, Laura can be like instead of a normal case where we would have a detective Laura can be our um, field expert oh so instead of a detective we have an archaeologist field expert and that's Laura Croft Tomb Raider so she helps with the prosecution because the detective is always on the side of the prosecution yeah Um, but she is like basically so in this case um Carmen Sandiego has not stolen art. It has to be an artifact. But Laura Croft comes in and gives testimony about, like, the situation. Like, maybe she witnessed it or she was the first on the scene when Carmen Sandiego was there. She's the one who, like, caught her. So who's been murdered? Because I think that, I think in order for us to actually have this Ace Attorney case, she's got to be accused of a false murder. Well, let's pull from our, like, sort of your Tomb Raider style or your Indiana Jones style, like, adventure um adventure movies right so when you're doing adventure movies usually um the hero has to find the macguffin um they find the macguffin the macguffin is then stolen from them by a different bad guy and then they have to get it back from that bad guy right mm-hmm. so let's say that bad guy is murdered cool it'd just be real easy to slot wally in there well, let's not let's but not I don't murder want to him. Do that. I don't want to murder him, and I feel he like... can be a witness because he's so um, nondescript and and stuff. So, what if there's like a uh, Carmen San Diego has has stolen an object and she's trying to fence it so that there's a handoff, right? What's the famous cup? The, the chalice, the Holy, Grail? the Holy Grail. God damn. <laughs> Yeah, that's from. I thought about saying that because that's Indiana Jones one is the oh, Holy is Grail. I've never, I've never seen an indie that counts. <laughs> oh yeah, you've only seen the bad indie. Yeah, I've only it's, seen. Yeah. So the 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 crystal skull is the in the first one. That's the Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go with this. The hand of Midas. Okay. That so sounds Ace Attorney bullshitty enough. The mythical hand of Midas. It doesn't actually turn people to gold. It is just a fabled archaeological item right okay carmen san diego has stolen the hand of midas from some tomb in the mediterranean right somewhere right. yeah I don't know, burial anyway carmen's stolen it laura croft was actually the archaeologist on the archaeologist on the archaeologist archaeologist <laughs> on the case 
Laura Croft was like doing all of the right things, scientific, documenting, like they were researching the, the burial site. They were gonna, you know, they were gonna handle with care the hand of Midas. Carmen breaks in, steals the hand of Midas, and then stages a handoff where she's going to to fence it and sell it to somebody, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The handoff occurs in a public location. Let's say a park, just because. Um, so Carmen San Diego's in a park. Waldo is also there. He witnesses this. Um, and then during the handoff, the guy she was selling it to, or whoever, lady, whoever, is is killed. Cool. Yeah. Like in front of her? Like right there? Or later? I assume in... I mean, Carmen is there. Yeah, I think like right there in front of her. Like I think right there in front of her, but also who, the murderer stole the hand of Midas. In the kerfuffle. Can we yeah. say a cafe in Paris? I don't know why that just oh, feels sure. right to me. Yeah, it's whatever, public. So yeah, in a cafe in Paris, a the handoff would occur. Um, but during the handoff, the, uh, the guy is killed. And so what happens is Carmen gets caught. And what it looks like is she has a suitcase full of money and there's a dead guy. So she's caught and everyone thinks she's an assassin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the hand of Midas is now missing. And the hand of Midas is missing. So part of what she's being cagey about is exactly what occurred. Like, I think you'll have to kind of work out the fact that she stole this artifact, that she is, is uh, that was she's... fencing it. Because yeah. she's not telling you anything, right? Right. And I think I like the, like, this is a uh, Trucy and Athena, and she's giving you, like, I think the whole, she's going to give you really vague clues to, like, send you kind of around the world in order to try to figure out what the fuck she's talking about is definitely mm-hmm. the gameplay of this situation. Yeah. Um, but I, so Lupin in, I've only seen the castle of Cagliostro and, but I am very much looking forward to, they've got this CGI movie coming out soon um, with Lupin and it like is stylized CGI, kind of like the Tintin movie. So it's actually going to look good. But um, Lupin has, I'm sure he has many enemies but oh. he also has two allies, and one of his allies is um, this kind of dude who wears a suit and a fedora and smokes all the time, and he's a, a sharpshooter. And his other ally is literally a samurai, like <laughs> just this <laughs> ronin who just kind of chills out with him. And then sometimes they call him, and he goes and kills everybody with a sword because he's that. He's just and he's, he's just, completely deadpan stoic all the time. He's just that guy, and then sometimes should, he has a lady should, there. Fujiko. Um, Fujiko is, is, um, like a, a sort of a, a lady that they used to uh, associate with, but basically just a friend of theirs who's very good with guns, and they sometimes call in for backup. <laughs> I think that's who. That sounds about right. I haven't actually seen, I haven't actually blonde? seen that movie. No, she's got uh, brunette hair, and he calls her Fuji Cakes, which is upsetting, but... Well, he's kind of a he's upset. kind of is a like a he's a, lewd a ladies' boy. man. He's a lewd boy. Um, I don't know, so I don't know if that's Fujiko. I was thinking of a blonde lady, but let me look up the name of his of his samurai Goemon. Oh yeah, and then not his... to be confused with the Persona in Persona Five, <laughs> right? Well, in Persona Five, they're all named after illustrious phantom thieves. So Goemon is named after. Goemon, who is named after Goemon. You know what I mean? Like, these all trace back. <laughs> it's just Goemon's all the way down on top of a turtle. It is. It's all Goemon's all the way down. So Goemon, um, and then who's his, who's his little sidekick gunman? Jigen. Okay. Oh, yeah. Jigen's the gun guy, and then 
Goemon is the samurai. So, so here's my question. So we've got our setup, the murder. Mm -hmm. I assume that whoever stole the hand of Midas is an enemy of both Carmen Sandiego and Lupin the Third. We can make up who that is, but I think we have here's to. a yeah. here's a question though: Is Lupin the prosecutor from the start, or does he swap in, or does he swap in? This is a good question. Because um... the other thing we could do is we could have Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, be the prosecutor at the start, and then Carmen Sandiego plays too many mind games. We're the same, and she has to drop out. <laughs> As, or even it can become clear at the end of day one of court is when we finally unveil that it is it is not actually about an assassination. It's about the Hand of Midas. And Laura Croft Tomb Raider drops out because she has a conflict of interest, you know, like a real lawyer. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds wrong for his attorney. <laughs> um, I think I like Laura as the field specialist, but we definitely should mind freak her being uh, with with Carmen. Like, I think Carmen definitely should pull like what Simon Blackwell always tries to do, but then okay. just bullies people. Uh, I think that we should probably have a more normal prosecutor that we're used to, like Miles or Franzi. And then um, I think that Lupin should either tag out with them like it's planned or Lupin should hogtie them in a closet and then impersonates them. Well, then I don't want him to hogtie people we like. (laughs) That's kind of sad. Or he doesn't have to hogtie them, but he, like, sends them away, or, like, on a wild goose chase. Like, if it's Franzi, he sends Franzi a calling card from Interpol, so she has to, like, back out, tag out of the case, and then Lupin pretends that he's still Franzi, you know? I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's fun. Um, So let's start with Franzi. Okay. And it's not like this has been Franzi's life mission and what her entire drive while she's been at Interpol, this is just a day in the life of Francisca Moncarma. Like, she's doing shit like this all the time. So she gets assigned to the Carmen Sandiego case. Um, she's not happy to be seeing you again. <laughs> in, in court, Phoenix Wright, foolish fool. And then, so day one is about it being an assassination. We'll have to make up the murder victim now. But yeah. day one is about it being an assassination. At the end, you reveal that actually it wasn't an assassination. It was the theft of the hand of Midas. And then between day one and day two, Franzi receives another, you know, a, a case that is actually real, serious business case, nothing like this floofy art thief case, mm-hmm. um, gets gets escalated and she flies off to a different country for day two of court. It's all a ruse and in subs Lupin and you think it's legit because he's French, right? <laughs> So you're like, oh, it's it's something I think he's actually Japanese, but whatever. So you, his name is Lupin, is Arsène Lupin the Third. You think it's legit because he's a French. You're like, oh, it's just a French prosecutor. It's okay, but actually, it's all fake. And he he called Franzi out, and that's revealed at the end. End. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be something like that. Uh, and then he could have a fake mustache on or some shit. You know, <laughs> really, really hamming it up. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what. I think the uh the the, the person who's dead should definitely just be like. A classic Romain Latouse kind of dead. Like, not super interesting. He did, definitely had a very clear function. We don't actually have to care about him. Then let's just make him, like, uh, he was a... He is just a fence in the, in the like, art theft world or the art um, artifact theft world. Like, he's just a middleman guy where people would sell stuff to him and then mm-hmm. he would sell them on the black market later. Or he would, like... Um, let's make him like an auctioneer 
he like works at a famous auction house. Oh yeah, but he's like the shady guy. But he like double deals on the side in theft, in like th- th- stolen artifacts. But then he like died in this transfer, unfortunately, because of the real enemy who wanted to steal the hand. I was trying to think of a pun on middleman, because I think that's like, that's kind of the ace attorney name we're looking for right here. Milton Man. Milton Man is good. I was trying to think of something French, something Le Man. Oh, Milton Le Man. That, that kind of just makes it not just man at the last name, which is fine. Yeah, Milton Le Man. Milton Le Man is 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 our is our dead person. Uh, and then if he's like if he works at a famous auction house, then it could still be plausible that it was an assassination. Mm-hmm. Um even though he's not like super famous, you know. Yeah. So he's so Milton Milton dies in the handoff to Carmen. Carmen's not helping us because she doesn't want to admit that she had stolen the hand of Midas, and that's what this is all about. Um Francie gets called away day 2 after we do reveal it's the hand. Uh, we've sent Athena and Tracy out about in the world and they're calling us in as calling Phoenix in and telling them like, here's what we found. Here's what we found. Uh, because Carmen's sending them on a wild goose chase. If anything, I would like to jump between them. So like you, when you're doing an investigation day, Mm -hmm. you jump to Franzi and Tracy out on, out on the world doing cool stuff. And then for court, you jump back to Phoenix after he wraps up a phone call with them. So that way, like you can be ostensibly in two different places at once yeah so you can actually then have athena doing stuff with trucy and then like all of their digital evidence can be uploaded you know to phoenix yeah on his on uh an ipad that he's been technology yeah (laughs) uh i think that's good and then who is the person who actually committed the murder and orchestrated this whole thing let's talk about that because who who is an enemy of a couple of phantom thieves, you know, gentlemen, gentle lady phantom thieves, who would be, Waldo is, as we've said, a witness, right? So mm-hmm. who would be like, he's not like really involved. So we don't have to think of an enemy of Walt. Where's Waldo? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. But who who would be the enemy of phantom thieves? So there's two ways we can go, right? We can invent a person. Or we can take someone who would make sense, at, who exists at Ace Attorney. So it kind of be like, a twist right so if it was like christoph gavin or gantz like that's a little like a whoa what the fuck where'd you come from well they in prison well they're in prison but you know like they could like you don't think christoph gavin can still orchestrate something from prison oh i'm sure but like um i feel like this needs to we need to have somebody it is satisfying to lock up at the end of this case okay gotcha and if christoph gavin is orchestrating it from behind then we just kind of lock up one of his faceless goons unless we elevate the faceless goon and the plot twist is he was paid by christoph gavin but that just kind of makes it like and that was all to get back at you phoenix right who he hates you know yeah bow, 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 to be continued like that yeah th- that does like not tie up a bow you're right it just invites more questions and more right. plot um who who would feel satisfying to arrest i mean i don't know so it could be another phantom thief it could be like a mob boss situation it could be Somebody who wants the hand of Midas. Aladdin's dead from the third Aladdin movie. Sean Connery? You want to Sean, Sean Connery? Indiana Jones is dead and Aladdin's dead from the third Aladdin movie wherein they find the hand of Midas. I don't want to make Sean Connery the villain. 
We don't have to, but I mean, like, it could be somebody specifically who wants this artifact as opposed to to fuck over Carmen Sandiego, you know? Yeah. A, uh, it's gotta be someone who's, like, satisfying instantly to hear. Like, right? Like, it's gotta be like, oh, it was, it was Dr. Robotnik. Like, not him, but, like, it's something like everyone's (laughs) like, oh, that guy, right? Like, Jimothy Carey. Jimothy. Yeah, it can't be Jim Carrey. It can't be James Carrey. Because that's a real person. So this is Jimothy Carrey, Dr. Rubani. <laughs> I'm sorry for my... I know it was a bad example, but I was... I kept wanting to say Dr. Claw, and I'm like, I don't know if any of our listeners who know who Inspector Gadget is. Dr. Claw. I mean, Dr. Doom is kind of similar from Fantastic Four, but yeah, I mean, it, I think like... I think the most satisfying thing would be somebody who is, like, a kind of megalomaniac billionaire person who is still, like, gutsy enough to do this himself, you know? Jeff um, Bezos. Jeff Bezos, yes. Now I'm thinking about Charlie's Angels and how it's, it's it's, like, Charlie's Angels versus weird, rich, gross dudes, uh, and that's very satisfying. It is. We're so close. We're so close to having this. Like a red white, but less campy, right? Right. Like a serious. A serious red white, and so serious, in fact, that it is scary. Like, it's scary to think of this person with immense wealth and power, and who is willing to go get their hands dirty. If only I consumed media. (laughs) I don't know if anyone exactly fits this bill. We might just have to make somebody up. Yeah, like, the the archetype of that person, like, is called a fat cat. Like, right? Like, the the big guy who smokes cigars and wears suits and he kind of, like, you know, yeah. waves you around and he's got the money. You don't worry about the money. You know who it really is? We recently watched um, Are you gonna say Oliver like the, and Company. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> it's the bad guy from Oliver and Company. Stain, I think his name was. Yeah, something like that. But, but yeah, I guess I, I was I was kind of thinking more of like that, but like sleeker, like a, a skinny dude who is who is also like athletic and this and that. And he's one of those people when you meet him, he's like he does everything and he does everything perfectly. He's a von karma. <laughs> oh, plot twist, double twist. But the other thing that would be satisfying is like an uh, kind of an old money aristocrat, especially if we're in France or or like Europe, like an old money European aristocrat whose family owns like a fucking castle, uh, and that person is just like I always get what I want, even if I need to do it myself, you know? Yeah, I mean that's kind of a that attitude is kind of a Shelley to killer attitude, uh, but not yeah, that, but not the the dedication to the job and respect kind of aspect just like the 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 laissez-faire facade uh but we've talked before about how we would uh what we thought happened to mrs von karma uh what if it's mrs von karma holy shit yes 100 percent. it's mrs von karma i feel like this would be the only thing that's satisfying you give us the what the fuck ace attorney players will definitely know who this is like once it's revealed Franzi's well, gone, so Franzi doesn't even have to be like, oh my god, my mom's been arrested too, so we don't have to deal with that. Here's the only change I'll make then. Okay. Um, Franzi getting called off the case is not Lupin, it's her mom. 
oh yes who sends whoever sends that fake notification about a different case that's Mrs. Von Karma, who specifically did it to get Franzi out of there. And then when there's a vacuum of a prosecutor, Lupin just kind of fits himself in. And that's what, like, later you think it's him. Like, maybe you talk to I assume he escapes after the case. Yes. So here. at some point you talk to him and you are starting to accuse him, maybe, before the case is over. And mm-hmm. you're kind of implying it. And he says something along the lines of, oh, no, I didn't mess with Franzi. I just saw an opening and I took it. I like that because Lupin just, Lupin is a man of opportunity. So like that works perfectly for him. It puts Franzi out of the case. It brings in Mrs. Von Karma, which also kind of like adds levels to Franzi being an Interpol is like, yeah. she's trying to catch her mom, a, a very prominent, uh, bad guy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, explains why Manfred doesn't like have anything to do with her. You know, like I, I think that would be a fun and interesting case. And at the end of it all, basically we prove that it's Mrs. Von Karma she can either get arrested or she can get away. Carmen gets away. Lupin gets away. So we probably have to arrest Mrs. Von Karma just so that not everybody gets away from this case. Well, here's how I think it should go, though. I think really it's like Carmen doesn't have to get away because at that point she's lost the artifact. Like, what can, what do they have on her? She doesn't have to escape. Lupin gotcha. definitely escapes with a, with a like, snub nose, you owe me one to Carmen Diego, and then just like pieces in this kind of you know in a spectacle that involves his his gun guy and his sword guy I'm sure Mrs. Von Karma I think should get arrested but get away after like basically like you you did the case it ends congratulations you know confetti confetti next you know go to sleep next morning she broke out during transport and she's gone Yes, I like this. Yeah. You you get the arrest, but you also just get a satisfying end to the case. So Carmen, Carmen, you know, gets off, Lupin escapes, Mrs. Von Karma continues to be a threat. A threat. And it doesn't have to necessarily, because I kind of hate it when they do shit like that off screen, mm-hmm. um, but it can be off screen for Phoenix and company. Like, it can be something that we, the players, see is her pulling some fast shit, like, in the police truck as she, like, does this kind of crazy orchestration, and then she gets away. Um, but the the other question is, do we recover the hand of Midas? Does and who ends up with it? Does I, it does it end up with Carmen? Does it end up with Lupin? Or does it end up with Von Karma? So here here's here's two ways I guess it could go. Or here's the ways because it could. I think Carmen doesn't get it. I think this is the one Carmen San Diego doesn't get. I think Lupin could end up with it and do whatever you know nefarious thinks he's gonna do. Or it could be a weird like Phoenix goes to bed, wakes up, sees the news. And then he looks into his bag and all of a sudden there's something in it. And he has it? And he has it. It could be something like that. Or maybe Athena and Trucy are still out and about gallivanting and they're like, what's this? And it's literally the hand of Midas. They're like, looks like a, looks like a, a tchotchke. And then they put it down on a shelf and walk away. Well, here's, so here's the question then. Is this mm-hmm. a middle case or is this an end case? Oh, this is like an end case. Okay. If it's an end case, then I think that... I think Phoenix can't have it because that's a that's a real middle case ending, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, I agree that I don't think Carmen should have it, but I do think she should make an offhand comment before she disappears. Not like gets away, but just disappears from you that she doesn't have it yet. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She will get it. Of course she's, she will. Of course. She's so classy. I kind of want it so that Lupin thinks he steals it. Like from evidence. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, I think like that... the whole reason Lupin's there is is to get Carmen to owe him a favor, but it's it's you know whipped cream on top if he can also steal the object from evidence. Or maybe Lupin does get it, but then he like drops it at a point, or like like he gets it but he loses it. An off screen thing where like he's like, yeah, I got the thing right, and he's like talking with his his friends and then he goes to slip into his bag and then it like misses and then like something kerfuffle happens and then we see uh we see athena and, and trucy pick it up and go what's this thing oh it's probably trash or it's yeah probably, it fell off the shelf that'd be pretty good of a bunch of lookalikes and then it's kind of like the hand of midas is on a shelf with a bunch of like uh souvenirs that look exactly like it and then you walk away and you pan out of the mediterranean yeah, it could be like now it's like weirdly decorative somewhere in a coffee shop somewhere. Oh yeah, is um, that too? Like they just set it, they set it down. But I like that. I mean, I like the fact that like nobody will get it. Yeah, and then it just kind of like ties up like a little fan service end there is how yeah. I feel about it. But uh, I think this is a fun game, fun case. Yeah, I think this I is play this very quintessential uh, Stephanie and Michelle bullshit for an hour, and I'm here for it. Yeah, but I mean, the the there's some... This isn't our normal level of plausible versus anime bullshit. There's more good stuff in this one. Yeah, no, this one actually feels good. Mrs. Von Karma feels good. Uh, uh, the, um, the amount of twists we have with cameos, like Laura Croft feels good in her spot, and Lupin and everything. feels good. Lupin feels correct. Yeah, maybe we should stop saying people feel good, but, you know, I think it's... <laughs> So. I think it's. I like this one. <laughs> Put this uh, yeah. at the top of the plausible versus anime charts. Yeah. No. This one's. This one. Uh, this one came together with the help of everybody for sure. But it oh felt, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we we came to it very not easily, but we came to it pretty well. But we have, you know, we have spent so much time saying thank you to everybody. But honestly, still say thank you to everybody. Uh, we are going to continue to play. Uh, Miles Edgeworth, Prosecutor's Path, Investigations 2, every Friday at 7 p.m. Central Standard American Time um, until we're done with the game. Yeah, we're still doing that. Um, we just finished the first case, which we will talk about on the podcast, I don't know, maybe next time, maybe the time after we clean up some housekeeping and stuff, but we will start talking about it on the podcast. Yeah, so uh, it's it's a fan's translation. It's really good. We're playing it on an emulator. Uh and if you guys want to stop by, totally cool. Uh, but if you have to go to sleep because it's 8 a.m. your time or it's 2 a.m. your time, you're all crazy. But thank you so much for showing up. If you missed part of it because you fell asleep or you just couldn't make it, we are uploading them to YouTube. Uh, I've used our object to this email as the YouTube home, so it should be pretty easy to find. Uh, but we'll put links in the episode description so you can click it. So both... Both Fridays that we've played, so uh, there's two parts up right now currently on YouTube of us playing Investigations. Yeah, so find us on YouTube if you missed it. Catch us on Twitch at your Twitch, Ravenous, like, Hungry, Ravenous Kitty. Yep. Um, And thank you to RD002, Red Diamond 002, for our jazzy, jazzy theme. We're not having a Manfred song this time because that track's too good. We're going to put the whole thing at the end. Yeah, and you know, any anything else you want to tell us or keep us abreast or anything you're just like, hey, like, this would be easier for my life if you did this, like, let us know. Uh, you can email us at objecttothispodcast at gmail.com. You can drop us a line on Tumblr at objecttothis.tumblr.com. Uh, like we said, we're on Podbean. We're really grateful that we found a home that we 
are happy with. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That's it, I guess. Stitcher, Spotify, find us wherever. Wherever you listen to podcasts. And if we're not there, let us know. We'll, we'll yes. try to fix that. Except SoundCloud. I'm not paying for that. <laughs> oh, and thank you, Sam Regal, for your time. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Stephanie, for handling that that uh, kind of difficult interview with Sam Regal expertly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I did my best, uh, and I will continue to do my best because everyone deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you again, everyone. 100 episodes is just as much because of y'all as it is because of us. So, yeah. So in the meantime, I'm Stephanie. I'm Michelle. I was object to this, so why don't you object to that? Mm-hmm.